Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, I'm tickled to death. Uh, As promised, we have a really real deal guest, okay? We have Larry Winget with you, folks. uh, This gentleman, is he's a member of the Speaker's Hall of Fame, I, and I'm telling you, I've never heard of anyone that has spoken, has given a speech to 400 of the Fortune 500 companies, okay? These guys probably spoken to some companies that are no longer at the Fortune. I mean, Larry, I mean, you've, you've written six books. You've, been, you've had your own TV series on A&E on several, I mean, you've had this... It would take me five minutes to read your bio, man. <laughs> we got time. Go ahead. Tell them all about it. <laughs> yeah, I've done a bunch of stuff. Yes, you have. And look, I have. it's been a long time since I've seen a handlebar mustache. And, man, you sport that thing. You, you're a cool guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, the pit bull of personal development. That's right. Yeah. So, so what's tell give us the short version, the genesis of how you got to be the pit bull of personal development. You know, there was a time in my career I've been speaking professionally for twenty five years where I was like every other motivational speaker that was out there saying all you gotta do is have a positive attitude and and get your thinking right and all that and and, and mm-hmm. I just decided that that really wasn't serving people very well. If you have nothing but positivity in your life, you're never going to change anything. If you think everything is good and you wake up every day and say, oh, my goodness, things are great, well, then you're never going to be very realistic about what's going on. So I threw all of that away, became the pit bull of personal development, where I hang on to one thing and I go after it. My philosophy is that your life is your own fault. Mm -hmm. And what I tell people is you better get realistic. I think you have to get negative about your life in order to make positive change in your life. And that's what I try to get people to do. I hold up a mirror to their actions, to what they do. They spend, you know, we have 43% of Americans who spend more money than they earn. That's stupid. Wow. Nobody else was saying that. I just tell them, that's stupid. You spend more money than you earn, that's stupid. Is that why we vote for politicians that do the exact same thing? <laughs> I tell you what, we vote for people who, uh, are, because we always do vote with our pocketbooks. Yes. Our money drives yes. everything. And we mm-hmm. vote for people who say they're going to give us free stuff. Yep. So we don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of call it like it is like that. And that sort of sent me on a different path than most of the typical personal development self-help speakers took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's powerful. And, you know, people need, I mean, Jesus said what? It is truth that shall make you free. And, you, and you're giving them truth. Well, I believe the truth will set you free, but first it's probably going to tick you off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, before you came on in in my opening, I was, uh, you know, we like to kind of make a connection to to God's Word, Scripture, and, uh, and, and show how the connection that there's no new thing under the sun and what I do and what you do, while similar, neither of a, neither of them are new. And, you know, in the book of Hebrews, uh, you, you have here in the 12th chapter, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, 
Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. And, and so what you're saying is that this is God's reproof. You've done some things and you're reaping a bitter harvest and you shouldn't be angry because God disciplines you because he loves you. He wants you to learn from it. And you're the guy telling them, hey, it's not all bad. There's a lesson contained in this. Yep, there is a lesson. And what we're trying to do right now is save people from those lessons. We have a society that's trying to save people from everything. And I believe consequences drive behavior. Mm -hmm. And when you remove all consequences, if there's no downside to anything, then I think people will just go out there and do what human nature is, that they will do whatever they can get by with. And mm -hmm. so we need to point out the consequences, and we let, need to let people feel the pain of their consequences Amen. so they do learn the lessons. Yeah. Yeah, in other words, there should be a safety net, but not a hammock. And the net needs to have a few holes in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got to hurt a little bit. Otherwise, yeah. you don't learn anything. You yeah. know, you in your life and me in my life, we've all learned more from our failures than we mm -hmm. ever did from our successes. And we're trying to save kids right now from all failures. That's why we have an entitlement generation, a trophy generation, yeah. where everybody thinks everything ought to be just all rosy and good and that you never experience any failure or disappointment. Yeah. Now, Larry, what do you do with kids who... For example, the uh, the Bible verse I just read about, which is making a comparison between a, a heavenly father and an earthly father, and we live in a society where everyone's not blessed to have an, an earthly father. I didn't have one, but many, many men in my life stepped up to give me guidance, wisdom, instruction, and chastised me. And, um, I mean, when I was growing up, man, anybody in the neighborhood could whoop my behind and if I got home and had the nerve to tell my mama, then that was whipping number two. Yep. Okay, but we have guys now that, um, for example, uh, Trayvon Martin's father was absent the night of his encounter uh, with, the, uh, with the young man down in Florida. Michael, Michael Brown's father stood on a car with his pants hanging down. Now, Michael Brown was 18. But his father was in his 40s. This is a man in his 40s with his pants hanging down, standing on a car, stomping and inciting a crowd to burn down the, the, city, um, uh, the, the city in Missouri. Yep. Now, these young men have been influenced by those fathers' lack of teaching what you and I want to teach them. So... When you and I engage them or the men out here that are watchmen on the wall, such as coaches and, uh, and, and, and leaders in churches and whatnot, and you want to go into these communities, that's, that's a tough call. And that's not a call in, that many people are equipped to handle. What's your advice to them? Well, I did write a best-selling parenting book called Your Kids Are Your Own Fault. And... Um, what I talk about in How to Raise Kids is the same way a leader should uh, raise up employees. I think, first of all, you must communicate. 
And you have to, number one, communicate that you love them. I do believe in unconditional love. I do not believe that you unconditionally approve of the actions of others. Mm -hmm. So you must communicate exactly that you love them and communicate what you expect from them. We don't communicate expectations to children these days. We don't communicate it to our employees well. Then after you've communicated what you expect, you have to train so you get what you expect. We have to teach people how to give us what we expect. Most of the time, though, we just let people go out on their own, do whatever they want to, then come back, and they're surprised when they're in trouble. Well, they didn't know any better because we didn't tell them what we wanted. We didn't teach them how to give us what we wanted. And then after you've done those two things, after you've communicated what you want and you've trained them how to give it to you, you do have to communicate in advance what happens when you give it to me and when you don't give it to me. Again, goes back to the consequences. So there's no surprise there. And then we have to impose the consequences. We see way too too much in in society these days and family these days where we say if you do that then this will happen then they do it and we don't do anything about it mm-hmm. and if we're not out there imposing the consequences then we've taught our kids that they can't trust us mm-hmm. and in the name of love we spare the rod and we do spoil the child yes in the name of and that's not love that's child abuse right Right. Yeah, because the the parent wants the love and approval of the child and they get they're going about it uh in a very backwards way what they think they're taking a shortcut to get the child's love and approval, but every I mean I played football and I had a real tough coach and I'm gonna tell you I love that man like a father. Okay? Well, we have a society where parents want their kids to be their friends. Your kid does not want you as the parent to be their friend. They got friends. Yeah. They need a mom and a daddy yeah. who will chastise them and make them act right. They want that, and it's our job to give them that. That's why we have 63% of grown men and women, boomers my age, who are still supporting their 18 to 34-year-old children financially. Yeah. 63% are still paying for their adult kids, and they live with them now. 35% live at home with their moms and dads. Wow. See, and that's because we don't understand that the number one goal of parenting is for your kid to go up, know how to be independent, and to go away and stand on their own. Mm-hmm. So we've created this cycle of dependency, dependency on the parents, on the school systems, and on the government. That's got to break, or it's going to break us. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, Larry, can you hold over for one more segment? Sure. I want to maybe get into some uh, personal business development because you you have so much stuff that you've taught over the years, and, yeah. uh, and you're a treasure trove, and uh, we really appreciate you. And, uh, folks, uh, if you're just joining us, we have the pit bull of personal development with us, Larry Wingett. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. A man... And his microphone, Brother Craig. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, the really real deal. And uh, we still have with us 
uh, Larry Winget, a big a big dog if ever there was one. You folks have been hearing me all throughout the election talking about this guy's toting a set of onions and the other guy's toting a set of blueberries. Well, <laughs> Larry's book, Grow a Pair, he has a pair of watermelons on the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, we Larry will get it, you know. So Larry, some folks got offended over me talking about um onions and blueberries. <laughs> and uh but but life is hard, isn't it, man? You know, some people are looking to be offended about everything. Yeah. And for those people who wake up every morning and say, what can I find to be offended about today? They're going you to know, find They're it. always going to find something. So yeah. I just don't worry about those folks. Yeah, yeah. And now you have a couple of books here, The Cold, Hard, Ugly Truth About Success, and you're broke because you want to be broke. <laughs> So you you hitting them hard here. So I do hit them hard. My first book's called Shut Up, Stop Whining, Get a Life. You know, mm-hmm. I got all those kind of titles in there. Yeah. Yeah. So now for for folks that um like you said there there are people that are 63% of baby boomers are still uh nursing their children. Yeah. Uh, there's uh what? 47% uh, of people's income is not high enough to where the tax code says they should pay federal taxes, okay? And and simultaneously, there's all this anger and hatred that a bunch of millionaires teach the poor to hate other millionaires. So what's, what's wrong with this picture, Larry? <laughs> what's wrong with this picture is that we're all looking outside of ourselves for an answer. You know, I tell everybody that you got to go to the mirror sometimes. We yes. want to blame millionaires uh, for the fact that we don't have any money. It's not the millionaire who's keeping you from having any money. It's the fact that you spend more money than you bring in. That's why you're broke. And people, uh, I, you know this as well as I do, that people would rather do anything in the world than take responsibility for their own results. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to find somebody else to be mad at, somebody else to blame. It's the boss's fault. It's the fact that I'm the middle child, or I was the baby, and Mama never taught me those things. Or my boss is a jerk, or it's my brother in My goodness, we can blame the government. There are people out there blaming the weather for the fact they don't have any money and aren't <laughs> successful. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it really, it, it all comes down to it's your own fault, and you got to take care of yourself. So the first thing I tell people is when they want to start complaining, stop that. You know, I did write the book, Shut Up and Stop Whining, and that's what people need to learn. First of all, be quiet. There's three steps in that. Mm-hmm. Shut up means you need to be quiet. You know, Jesus told the people, in the, the, the disciples in the boat, hush, be still. That means mm-hmm. be quiet. You yeah. can't learn anything when you're talking and complaining all the time. The next part is stop whining. Complaining doesn't move you closer to your goals. In fact, it keeps you stuck and moves you farther away from your goals. Instead of whining, take responsibility and get a plan of action. Dreams don't come true. Plans come true. Mm -hmm. Write down a plan to get out of your situation. And then the third part is get a life, and that means go take action. So when you've got those three steps, one, be quiet, stop the whining and complaining and get a plan, and then go take action, that's how you fix things. But you don't do it when you're always trying to point the finger of blame at somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very wise words. And there's always some, if you, if you have an inclination towards that, there's always someone on your left shoulder uh, telling you to whine, complain, and blame that guy. So I'm glad there's a guy like you on the right shoulder uh, not whispering, but shouting. 
<laughs> you know, I am very clear about this stuff. I learned the hard way. I grew up dirt poor, and uh, my mom and daddy didn't have much money. And I had uh, the reason I am where I am today because when I was 13 years old, a guy made fun of me in front of a bunch of little girls when I was in the eighth grade and said, "You only got one pair of jeans, don't you, Winget?" And I said. Yeah, I do. And he, I mean, I was humiliated at 13 years old. And I made up my mind right there. I wasn't going to live my life like that. I was never going to be embarrassed for being broke again. And the one thing I knew I could do better than anybody else in the whole world, I could outwork anybody. And it wasn't how smart I was. It wasn't how gifted I was. It wasn't how talented I was. It's just I could get there earlier. I could work later. I could sweat harder than anybody. Mm-hmm. And I made up my mind at that moment, no matter what anybody hired me to do, I'd outwork everybody doing it. And that's been what I've done all the way through my career, regardless whether I was selling or, or my first job was uh, shoveling manure, literally wow. shoveling manure. And today I've written, you know, six bestsellers, and and I work harder at that than anybody. And mm. so that's why I've got my resume is just good old fashioned hard work, and that's what we need to tell people. You can work yourself out of just darn near anything if you're willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you write another book called it's they call it work for a reason, you know, and I've heard all my life that if, uh, you know, if it was fun, you wouldn't have to pay people to do it. Yeah. And see, right now, we if you turn on the news and you listen to some of these preachers and teachers and motivational speakers, they say you got to love what you do. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. The only people saying that are people who aren't working very hard. Yeah. Because yeah. the truth is. If you're working, there's going to be plenty of days you don't love what you do. You do it out of commitment and (laughs) discipline. You do it because you said you would do it. Mm -hmm. And that's about integrity. And that's what we need to have more of, commitment and integrity. Yeah, I see here on your website your number one rule for not only business, but for life and business. Do what you said you would do, when you said you would do it, the way you said you would do it. Yeah, and and that's powerful. Now, what what is it? Is it is is this not being taught in schools? Now, I'm. Some people might say, "Well, okay, Craig, you are a conspiracy theorist," but <laughs> okay, I, I you know I, I these things. This is not rocket science. Okay, nope. what what you're teaching is very simple. Uh, what I teach is very simple. None of it is rocket science. Okay, but it it seems to me that there's a lot of people that benefit went from a thing I call the poverty industry. And just like you can't have uh, a beef industry without cows, you can't have a poultry industry without chickens, you can't have a poverty industry without poor people. And so all these institutions from the educational system and more and more, shockingly, churches, okay, the many and certainly the government, the, 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 the legal system, lawyers benefit when someone has a divorce or commits a crime and has to defend himself to stay out of jail. There's somebody that's going cha-ching. So what do you say to people who they are looking for help and wisdom from these institutions, whether it's the educational system, the legal system, you know, the government, all these systems, these systems seem to benefit more from the lack of success of the masses 
Uh, whereas you and I, we benefit like when they succeed, they'll say, oh, hey, you need to buy Larry's book because, <laughs> hey, I read his book, man, and it changed my life. Well, you know, what you're talking about, take that over into healthcare. There's a lot more money in people being sick than there is in people being healthy, too. Yes. But, you know, when people, I get those letters, you do, too. I get that your book changed my life. What I remind people is I didn't change anybody's life. You changed your own life. All I did was remind you what you could do to do that. And see, that's still, again, that's putting personal responsibility back on people. And that's what we must continue to do. We have to show people how simple it really is. I think the world and teachers and, and churches and speakers are out there t- teaching people how complicated success is. It's not complicated. But if we convince people that life and success and having money and being healthy, if we convince them that it's hard, well, then they'll buy into the idea that it's hard. And when you believe something is hard, you will give yourself an excuse not to do it. And so when you tell people how simple it is and show them how simple it is, then you've removed the excuses. And that makes people uncomfortable because people cling to their excuses. They love their excuses. They want it to be somebody else's fault. They want it to be so hard they never understood how to do it. And that's why we have to keep telling people how simple it all really is. How simple is it to not be fat? Eat less, exercise more. That's all it's ever going to come down to. No doctor in the world has ever figured out anything else. (laughs) Eat less, exercise more. How simple is it to have money? Spend less than you earn. The only thing you can do to have more money is spend less, earn more. Well, Mm -hmm. do both of those things. So the answers to our problems are not complicated answers. Yeah. But people are looking for them to be complicated and hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're right up against the bottom of the hour break. Would you please let folks know how they can get a hold of you, Larry? I see on your website so much great stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of free stuff on there, too. All people have to do is just go to Larry Wingett, W-I-N-G-E-T, LarryWingett.com. You can follow me on any of the social media platforms. Go in any bookstore. Go on Amazon. Uh, look up Larry Wingett. You'll see all my books. Got a new one out. So everybody go on there and look for me. I've enjoyed the conversation. I really have. Chris. Yeah, me too, man. And uh, we got to have you again, brother. All right. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you, Larry. Thank you. All right. <laughs> 